I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest Never have to guess When you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up y'all? It's your boy Hilliard Guest and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? 2023. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You can curse on the show, Carol. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Be yourself, girl. Um, <laughs> so, uh, a lot of things going on. It's been an interesting um, transition, I'll say. Rider strike ended, SAG strike ended. Everybody's in tears now. Everybody's happy <laughs> with joy. Chris is back from vacation. I don't know if they're <laughs> happy with joy. I've seen people <clears throat> upset about the SAG deal to AI, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. They well, wanted to get back to work, and I guess what I, what, I, I don't know what the deal looks like yet. So I haven't read it all, but I just yeah. summary. But I, I, I scanned over it. it it's it's. Uh, you take a look at it. I, I didn't know. Because I'm bad, but you did. So tell me. I mean, um, just the, an overview. But um, why? Why are people pissed off in terms of AI? I think everybody's worried. It's kind of like our version. We were trying to like have it in perpetuity where they could yes. do things. It's the reverse of that, from what I gather. Did you gather the same thing? Like everything still isn't completely. I didn't read it all. I just read Justine Bateman's kind of summary, and mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to read. And I read part of the summary that I released, but not the full deal. Because okay. I guess it hasn't been ratified yet to know what that is. But right. I just <laughs> feel like they don't, she and other people don't feel comfortable that there's enough protections to prevent people from being um, uh, from being marginalized by AI right. in terms of like a you know if they get your likeness at some level then there's compensation problems with that and then B she says something fascinating the other day I saw she was like your competition in for auditions goes higher because these big people can can book out book themselves out more right. So if there's mm. if there's just if, if there's one Tom Cruise movie, well, not, not, you know, not him. If mm -hmm. So so if he's doing a movie, he's gonna have people who want to be in it, right? Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> I gotta choose if I want to be in top, the Tom Cruise movie, or if I want to be in this indie film. You yeah. know, like th that guy named Hangman who played, mm -hmm. who was in, um, his name is uh, um, Glenn Powell. Mm -hmm. He was in the, the lap, he was in the t Top Gun Maverick. He didn't want to do that role. Yeah. Because he wanted to do like these these indie films, mm -hmm. and he's like, and he turned it down twice or something like that, once or twice, and then he got a call from Tom Cruise, and Tom was like, "You want to do this because because once you do this, it'd be, exactly. it'd be, it'd be easier to do the indie films. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But with AI, it's like, well, I can be in the Tom Cruise movie and the indie film at the same time because wow. you just do my likeness. Right. So I mean, that's what they're concerned about. I mean, that's just something that I was like, wow, that's 
because because if he says no to an indie film because he's in Maverick, mm-hmm. then the producers are going well. Well, let's go to get someone else, as opposed to well, well he's still available. Mm. So it's mm. I think I think it'll make it, mm. it. I mean, it's something that she was putting out. So I don't know what the implications are. I don't trust how people do like the language of the attorneys and stuff like that. Yeah. They really right. have. I'm, I I know they baked in stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did that. Uh, <clears throat> I, 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 there's Trojan horses. There has to be Trojan well, horses. Of course. Because, <laughs> of course. They're, because there's corporations and they did it to us before. They do it all the time. They, yeah. they, so I think people aren't... It's funny. We write the most diabolic villains we can write when we write our, our shows. But we don't put our mindset in these men who run these corporations <laughs> are, exactly are like as that. diabolical as 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 in terms of what we is what we can conceive. Right, you know, right, I mean, right. like you hear about this thing, the um, uh, the 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 there's a Warner Brothers film they just just shelved mm-hmm. again. This was the second film they shelved. Um, it was like I just saw that. Do I remember the name? No, I don't. It was um, uh, it was. Coyote versus Acme. Yes, so it was, yes, yeah. yes. So it was a cartoon, yeah. and and the, I, I don't know how much it was going to be, and 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 John Cena was doing, I guess, the voice of the coyote, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, they ah, speak in this one." Yeah, well, because because in the later episodes, oh, of they did. Coyote he spoke right. a little bit, yeah. and I'm like, they just canceled it. Mm-hmm. So, ah, I'm going to write it off. So it's wow. like that's the level of like <clears throat> deceit that you don't, that you can't, uh, that you can't overestimate right. betrayal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Awesome. I think AI is coming for us. Coming for us all. <laughs> it's definitely coming for us. I have a friend who's a writer, mm-hmm. and he said he feels like his best protection is becoming a director also. Because they can't, they can't replace a director. He'll, they may come and do shit to his script right. with AI, but they can't replace him with AI as a director. And I thought, Well, they, c- they can, because here's the thing. I can load in all the John Ford movies into yep. a, a mm. AI and say, I want to shoot this movie, blah, 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 blah. So remember the, and show me all the storyboards in the style of John Ford. And then you go and, in 10 and, minutes, and, and shoot it just like that. Don't yeah. deviate from the it's gonna right. suck you know the thing at all so it's it's a it's, thing it's it's an interesting thing because i've been i was against the whole ai you know for years we've been talking about this and i was like all of a sudden when the strike happened i was like i might want to get chat gpt just to see what's going on yeah yeah and here's here's why <clears throat> here's what i realized i was talking to some writers the other day and i realized that i remember back in 2000 12, I think it was. Um, whenever, whenever one of our possible strikes was coming up, we were talking about new media. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, new media, eh, who cares? Not a thing. And then, and I was one of them. I was like, new, new media, come on, we're all network, blah, 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 cable, blah, blah. And that happened. And then there was a big argument years later, I was telling Rich, where we used to be called the gay committee, and now we're called the LGBT plus committee. Yeah. And I was like, why are we called that? We're all gay. Right, old old head. But then yep. I was like, wait a minute, I got to switch my yep my brain. So this came up, and I was like, oh, I need to get. I don't want to be behind again. No, no. So no. 
that's why I'm like, okay, anything, anytime anything comes up like this, I'm jumping on it and just be like, let me just learn about it. Smart. So that I could, so that's my new mindset. Smart, you know I mean? yeah. smart. And what somebody said who's real familiar with AI is the more, as every day goes by, it gets smarter and smarter and smarter. Carol Kirshner, everybody. Hello. Um, <laughs> but a friend of mine who's a comedy writer said, but it can't do comedy. Mm. And I went, oh, See, I good. think it can't do heart. No, you can't. That's do my heart. thing. You're right. Yeah, and nuance most of it. You right. Know what I mean? Yes. Right. And I don't. I mean, I, I. I mean, I remember a friend of mine showed me. Um, he said, uh, "Give me a season arc, Seinfeld. You know, like four episodes of George. He's running for mayor, and it spit out like you know, like." Like five episode like outlines, like and I was like, oh that and it, and it, and you know what and it read funny because mm. I was like, really? yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, and now but there they're was, pulling from they're pulling from. Why. Now the thing is, yeah. there weren't any jokes in there, but what he was doing was like, oh, that's what he would do. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of totally, funny. Totally. Oh, that's funny. So it's it's like I think what everyone doesn't quite know the the power just getting of angry. is how you <laughs> write the prompts. And the more detailed you write the prompts, the de- the more yeah. it can give you Absolutely. something that is more and more nuanced right. or more specific. Something's happening. I think the thing that could save anybody is if you do something that no one's seen before. But the problem with that is, is that most people who want to bankroll stuff don't want to do stuff that no one's seen before. It is so, a conundrum. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so depressed. <laughs> I'm moving to Portugal. I, this is too much. <laughs> I'm going to raise alpaca. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> Not at all. Staying and fighting. That's funny. Well, thank you all for, you all. Thank you for coming to the show, Carol. Of course. Carol Kosher and everybody, you guys know her out there. Author, um, career consultant, strategist. 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 <laughs> you might want to say this. I'm all off today. What is it? <laughs> Go ahead. A career strategist. She is go. the co-founder of the Showrunner Screening Program at um, the Writers Guild. Or Jeff Melvoin created, created it. I just came in to help him with the curriculum, curriculum and I'm okay. the director. You're the director of that. Okay. Yeah. So you're the director I of I always the, say uh, co-founder too. So yes. That's funny. I, we like so, locked that so in our heads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't do that to Jeff. Okay. <laughs> he's, he, no. Okay, we no, love, that's we fine. love that's, Uncle Jeff. That's fine. And you founder of the CBS. Creator. The creator of CBS. Mentorship uh, program. Yeah, uh, like of the mentorship program, and you're yes. an international speaker. Yes. And you are an all around great person. So I that's, am, right? Yes. You are. Yes. So great. Yes. yes. I'm going to, let me, let me, let me gush on her for a right, for a second. <laughs> I let Chris do this with Jeff because I do it to Jeff all the time. Yeah. So let me do this to you right quick. Okay. Here's one of the things I love about you. So, and I've probably have seen you at the Guild for 15 years, but here's the thing I love about you. Every time I've seen you speak, you walk away with takeaways. That's hard to do. Because usually, you know, when you've been doing this so long, it's hard to take in something new. I'm one of those people where people are always like, God, every time I see you, you're sitting in the front row. And I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting in the front row because number two reasons. Number one, I'm a black man. I'm not getting in the back. Number two, <laughs> <clears throat> number two is when I started doing panels and I started be, being the guy sitting up there on a mm-hmm. panel, I realized I can only see the people in the front row. Smart. So I was like, oh, I'm going to remember the guy in that cool special shirt. Yeah. I'm not going to remember the guy in the back in the gray shirt, yeah. right? So that's one thing. Every time you speak, I walk away going, that's game. Wow. That's game. Oh, taking that. 
right? Wow. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've said stuff straight out of my mouth that you said. Straight out. Wow. And, and, and the other biggest thing that I want to give you kudos for is a few years back, I don't know if you recall, you came to speak to the CBW and you were giving us game about the interview because we were yes. getting ready to meet with all the showrunners yes, and stuff. Yes. And I know enough myself but I walked away with some takeaways. And I was like, see, this girl right here, that's the shit. So yeah, I had to, just yeah the it. thing about that, I mean, you know, I have to co-sign that because I you feel... You were there? Yeah, yeah, I feel like there's always... You know, like, sometimes, like, you see speakers and they don't mix up what they're saying. They got the, they got the thing that they want to say. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's fine and it works for them. But but if you see them once, you probably... That's probably all you need to see. Right. You know, and I feel like with you, there's all... Like you said, there's always something new. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you are continually learning and refining what you want to say and go, oh, and, and looking at the landscape. That's why. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's like we were saying <laughs> offline. I saw you on the Film Courage thing because I was like, oh, I just want to see what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just like... Because that's recent. That's within the last month. Yeah. Or two, right? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, the lighting it, again. It, you know, <laughs> you can just listen that. to it. People can just listen to it. They okay, don't sorry, sorry, yeah, got you. You were talking nice things about me. Please but, go. But ahead. Carol, it still has nothing but game in it. Yeah. I watched it this yeah. morning. Yeah. It's really? nothing yeah. but game in it. Yeah. So don't even worry. Well, about yeah, because you, know, you know what's interesting. So I mean, look, the 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 headline on there was like you know, uh, or the title was like, um, there's nothing new written in Hollywood, right. you know. And then you had such great pushback on this kind of thing and I like I'm like yeah like if you but I think the great thing about it is you're saying is if you as the writer filmmaker actor whatever is if you believe there's nothing new happening in Hollywood it's really on you yeah you know you're not being open-minded enough to see to to turn over the the uh the rocks of what stuff is happening you know and that's just um i mean i'm like yeah like like everyone needs to kind of get out of their comfort zone for for how they explore uh um just the new works that people get to do you know uh i was reading something yesterday cole haddon was his interview, he did an interview with this comic guy named named Matt Fraction, but they're talking about the guy who the director who directed Old Boy because oh, yeah. there was a new print of that that just came out, and I and they said oh yeah and he directed a movie last year called um, Decision to Leave and I forgot in my mind it was the same director but they're so wildly different type of films mm-hmm. you know and you kind of say okay they're twenty years apart but he still kind of has like similar themes going on but everything else about the execution is like different and it's like and it felt when I watched it I, I didn't remember it was the same guy because he, mm. he was doing something new right. and I feel like a lot of times if you just think about how to break out of your brand you know because at a certain time you have to like oh, I, yeah. I, I, I want to sure. change that's how you, you <clears throat> I've know. done it five times in 20 something years I mean, you have to yeah. Yeah. you have to yeah. Yeah. and if you're thinking if you're trying to chase the market, you're fucked. Yeah. Because the, the market's already there. And um, all you've got is your own your own experience, your right. own worldview. But it has to be universal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I can't... T- okay, can I just tell you a pet peeve? Be please, you, girl. Please okay. do. Um, tell the kids, girl. Okay, two <laughs> things that new writers shouldn't do. Don't write a period piece because they're not going to buy it. Only Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy get to do big time, (laughs) you know, uh, period pieces. And the other is, I cannot tell you the number of times that I've read, 
there is a hotshot fill in the blank living in New York or L.A. who crashes and burns <laughs> and has to go back to fill in the blank right. Ohio, Virginia, what, right. and take over Fish the family water. business. Yes, yes. Um, don't do that. Don't do that yeah. because everybody does. That. Everybody does. It's an easy. It's well, an well, easy. Well, I, yeah. it's interesting you say because think about that. It's easy because. It's sort of like an existential angst that most people are dealing with here. Uh, I, I got to go back home. I don't want to yeah. go back home. Blah, blah, blah. But what if I did go back home? Because there's this, there's some sort of thing that could draw me back. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're going to do it, you're committed, then don't have that existential angst. I don't have that existential angst. Right. Yeah. You know, I still feel the career is always in flux. So, But I'm not like trying to go back to Cleveland. Exactly. Right. <laughs> no, no, never. So you think that people are writing that because they have their own existential angst about they're going to have to leave? Yeah. You are deep. Yeah. I don't think people are that deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. I mean, maybe, maybe they no, are. No, no, maybe no, they no. are. Okay, so, 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 you know, I, so, so I have this substack called Thin Ice. Yeah. I feel like each time I write an episode, I'm, I, I might crack and not have a career anymore with, with, <laughs> with the stuff that I write and say. Uh, I mean, I'm not that I'm like shitting on anybody, but I just got to say something like, so, there was a There's some th- things on this show he can't say, so he has to go there. No, go, no, okay, it's, 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 not, okay. it's, it's, it's not even that. It's not even that. It's that. So two years ago, there's this comic writer that I really, really love for the last 20 years, and he got taken down in like in this sexual harassment scandal. Yeah. He was like, he was using his 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 platform as a comic writer to like, like 50, 60 women, and they had this wow. huge like thing online and where there was just attacking, say, like, like these women like all put their stories out about how yep. he abused them wow. and, right. and, and groomed them, all this kind of crazy stuff. Now, <laughs> what's wild is, so this is in 2019, this happens. Uh, three months ago, I'm... I'm like I'm cleaning out some comics, getting ready to sell them, and I and and there was a couple issues of his story. This one story of his that I read that I really love. I never finished it. So I read those uh, two issues. Mm-hmm. And this came out in 2012, so it's seven seven years before he got outed. Mm. And he's got a character. He's got an old man exp- who is yes. exploiting a younger woman. Yes, and yes, the thing, yes. And the thing is, he's talking about why old men do that. Wow. And he's talking about and and he's like, and I'm trying to protect you now because the old men like. And I was like. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wow. You told on yourself. Damn. Yes, yes. Seven years this. before, and you can't, and so I'm like, so subconsciously, you might not know that you're writing about your own existential mm-hmm. lengths, but you are, because it's like, it's floating in your brain. You're right. like, oh my God, I gotta make rent, and uh, I mean, like, 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 who was just, who was on here, we were just talking about that, um, Alex O'Keefe, right? The guy who was yeah. on the, the O'Bear, he was complaining about, I don't have the money to stay in town, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go back, what do I do, I gotta fight, and it's like, He's not the only one who has those thoughts. Of course. So it's it has so it's it's gonna get out and everyone that I know has some parent or some sibling who's like, come back, I'll give you a job right. at the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but it's like, don't do that. That's not yeah. a story that people want to hear. So, you know? okay. Carol, okay. let me yes, ask sir. you. So you got a new book out. No, old book. It's That's old, an old book. Why is I thought it was new. No, it's been there. It, they teach it in colleges and oh, universities. Right. Yes, and yes. It's been well, let's talk about this because this book has been around for a minute. Let's talk about this first. Okay. The Hollywood Game Plan, How to Land a Job in Film, TV, or Digital Entertainment. Correct. How did that come to you? What, what made you decide, you know, it's, it's time for me to write a book about this in particular? Right. Because I had 
met with a lot of people and and the final straw was I was having lunch with a manager, a big time manager, mm -hmm. and he was complaining <clears throat> that his receptionist, which was the entry level job in his company, mm -hmm. rolled her eyes when mm. he asked for coffee. Really? And the sense of entitlement for young two, there were two things. One was there were people that have no access because they didn't grow up privileged, they mm -hmm. didn't grow up with people coming over for dinner and right. learning how to behave. There were two things, so there was that, and well, I'll come back to that for a second, <laughs> and there was the entitlement. It was both sides. One was, uh, my brother worked at Paramount 100 years ago, and he was head of the camera department, okay. and he had a young man in there, and the young man, oh, probably 20, 21, he called me baby. Really? And I said, we have to have a talk because you, you cannot do He just, it wasn't, he wasn't bad. No one had told him. Right. And the other one was people, okay, I'm going to get shit for this. Get him, get him. USC <laughs> um, graduates uh, who are entitled, not all of them, but, mm -hmm. you know. And so the book was to help both of those people. Okay. And, and, the and there were people who said, how do I compete with somebody who went to USC with, to Tish? Right. If you have the passion, I've known people who've beat out people from those fancy schools. Harvard, yes, yep. just because of your passion. Don't matter. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So that's why I wrote the book. And also, how the hell do you do it? Yep. It's like, the book is exactly what you need mm. to know, do, dress, say, to break in. I like that. I like that. Go ahead, Chris. See, it's interesting because I remember reading that when it came out, um, and I do feel that the things that you're saying, you, I, I, I meet people who suffer from these ailments because I don't yeah. think that they, I think a lot of it has to do with um, no one had another job before they came out here. Yeah. You know, so they came out of here thinking I've got a school or I want to be X and they don't have another job because I had worked at an investment house for a year and a half before I came out here. Wow. And I was like, OK, so, you know, there's a way you got to do that to kind of survive that world. And like you got to yeah. and like you got to have a thick skin. Right. And I think a lot of people don't like to have thick skins and they think, well, right. we're in this, you know, like if, if we're in the emotion business. I need to wear my heart on my sleeve. Right. You do. You do. But you yeah. got to have like a shield go up real fast and come down. Yep. Because you can't, you know. But yep. the thing is, black, but there's black, this thing it. about the entitlement is crazy. I mean, to me, like, I constantly meet people who, who you know, just like, who don't have institutional knowledge. No. And that, right. and, and, and that burns me the most. I've, mm -hmm. met, I've met people who are executives or the lower level executives haven't seen a Godfather. Haven't seen a Pog Ups Now. Fact. Right. You know, they, they haven't seen Rain Man. They've seen these movies, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of like, you don't know the language of what you're dealing with. And if you don't know that, then I don't know what you're trying to bring to the industry right now. Well, here's, a, right. here's an interesting thing, and I'm curious to know what you guys do. I always tell writers, and Richard tell you, Start with that top 100 screenwriting screenplays, you know, that yeah. are out there. You will, all these yeah. ones that he's mentioning right now are on that list. You know what yes. I mean? You will have read them, and there's comedy, there's drama, there's horror, there's like every single one of them on there. There's, a, there's World War II, there's historical, there's straight up dramas, there's stuff, whatever. And you will be like, wow, every single one you'll get familiar with. 
and it forces you to read other stuff outside of the thing that you want to read. Well, Absolutely. You know I mean? And I just have to say, <clears throat> don't uh, forget television. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking about that in general. Oh, sure. good, good, good. Yeah. Mad no, Men, no. Breaking Bad. Yeah, Mad yeah. Men, Breaking we, Bad. Like, yeah, he was mentioning movies. Yeah. Oh, right, right, no, right. No, okay. I mean, look, I mean, I mean, do it all. I mean, I mean, there's a TV show that I've, I've been trying to find the rights to and like, it's so hard. Which but one? It's, it's, uh, it's called Johnny Staccato. Okay. It's this old um, uh, Nick uh, John Cassavetes TV show. Oh my god! From like this, this from the he's a cinephile, uh, by the way. You are. Yeah, it's, 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 it's from the late fifties, and he is a jazz pianist who's a private eye. Of course, that's he interesting. Is. And, and, I, and, and I was like, why? And it's a half hour drama, and I was like. This is like a cool idea. I like it. It you know, is it's a really cool idea. It's I, some monk I, I type wonder of like stuff. who has this. Um, so yeah, it's just like you. It's because the thing that I I, I was I notice is, um, you know, if you know if if you have a deep knowledge of of what's been done, yeah. then you can shorthand Facts. so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember last year in the Equalizer. Um, this the this this uh, supervisor producer she pitched he came and pitched this idea for an episode and everyone was like that's cool that's really cool it's really cool and I was like hey have you seen this movie called uh, Bunny Lake is missing and they were like no what's that I was like it's your exact story <laughs> right go watch it so you can see what they did really cool and she was like what are you talking about so just go watch this movie it's old artist premature from the fifties she was like okay and she came back the next day and she was like oh my god how do they know my idea right. and I was kind of like because <laughs> the ideas exist right. it's right. not like, right. like like they don't exist in a vacuum and it's like people sometimes think it's I'm trying to shit on your idea if I tell you that I'm like no. You can see what they did and go. Here's how I can shorthand this stuff, mm-hmm. and, be, right. and I can faster because because ultimately, it is your point of view and it is your characters that will make the story different if you Absolutely. if you repeat it from something else. Right. And so that's why you're not ne- like necessarily repeating it, but you always find like, oh, here's something that, that inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. Yeah. Can yeah. I talk about executive please. someone? Please, Let's please. Go. Okay, I was an executive. I was too. Go ahead. Where were you? I was with uh, B- Blue Monday. For Ben Watkins, really? Just until just until the strike. Oh wow! For the last year, love Ben. Love Ben. Ben's the best. Yeah. Ben's I'm the now best. I'm producing shit for him. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So here's the thing about executives. Mm-hmm. I was one a hundred years ago. Um, not the best, and no one. But I got better. No one told me how to give notes, mm. and I had to learn how to give notes. Right. And in the there's, a, there's an art to it. I think there is an yeah. art, and the problem is, is that people that don't know how to give notes, they are not adding to the creative right. process. And here, here's the way you give notes: you give an overview of what's positive, mm-hmm. in case any executives are listening to this. You um, give a uh, overview of what your main notes are. The headlines. The headlines. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The headlines. You ask questions and you just talk about how it makes you feel. Right. You should be there as a consumer, as, a, as an audience right. and say, you know, act two, what did you want me to feel? Oh, I wanted you to feel angry. You know, I didn't. I was confused. Mm-hmm. That is helpful. Right. The coming in, and the thing that really pisses me off is when executives who are not writers um, give you fixes. Here, he, uh, he goes to the gas station. And I used to say, I have the easiest job in the world. I'm an executive, so all I get to do is read stuff and give ideas. <laughs> that is so easy. I don't have to write it. Right. So it's like, it's like ad 
be additive. Right. Don't and and so many young executives. I mean, there's so many streamers. There's so many. They have no experience and they have no institutional knowledge, <clears throat> and they they feel like what they say is right, right. and they have no basis for that. So that pisses me. Well, That's the thing about that that I I think about if you're not a writer, what you don't understand is is there's this. There's a lattice work that when you've made this story, and yes. if you go, hey, can you change this scene to the gas station? Yeah. You're like, well, hold on. Mm-hmm. That's a cool idea, but <laughs> it five of the things fall apart. It's going to blow up from that. Right. Exactly. And you didn't <clears throat> think about that when you made that suggestion. Right. Because you're, you're not thinking about how the puzzle comes together. And right. that, to me, is like, I, I think the thing that, that you're saying is the absolute best is, what did you want me to feel in this right. scene? I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a note I have on my computer. What I want the audience to feel in this scene. Right. Yeah. So when I finish the scene, I go, do they feel that? Right. If they don't, then that means I can get, you know, like ding for like being cute or right. being blah, blah, blah. Right. Because cause ultimately, people always say for writers, it's like you got to like, <laughs> you have to decipher the note behind the note. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is saying, okay, this scene didn't communicate the idea right. Right. They're just saying, here's right. an idea that could fix it. And that might not, that could be good or better. It could be in a lot of ways. But, but you got to realize that scene, that moment, right. that little sequence didn't work. I right. always, I always find, and I'm curious to know what you think about this. Old trick that I probably learned from Pilar way back, and I'm not sure. I always go backwards, from the back to the front. Yes. And so you'd be like, "Oh, well, you know, I was bumped like a page sixty where this thing happened, or whatever, page, whatever page we're on." And I'd be like, "Hmm, what? Okay, if I end here." And I'll just start going back through the scenes. I'm like, oh, I forgot to add that right. little beat right there. Yeah, that clears up that thing. Yes, right? and it's usually something yeah, small. It's, it's, and, and, and but but if you just read their note, it sounds like a big change. Right. But I found that if you go back, here's here's the other thing I was going to go is um, so I got I got to ch- to staff two shows this year with Ben. Fabulous. And not throwing any execs under the bus, you but can. there were some execs. Yeah. <laughs> while we were staffing because I was in charge yep. and I would be like um, so here's my list of mm-hmm, writers right mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh we read them but this is a western and I'm like yeah have some but imagination this show was about this theme right. and they'd be like and I'm like they nailed the father son the, the mother whatever right? right and it's a comedy and they're like yeah but they nailed that part we Bean can write the, the western we don't need that right. <laughs> we right. need you know what I mean so I would be having these arguments with the execs about this type of stuff yep. because they were literal. Yes. And they'd be cutting people out who were amazing. So I had a whole separate list of writers I was planning to meet later once the show once the shows got, you know, into the rooms and stuff because they were that dope. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? And w- so did the executives let you pursue that list? Um I think, I mean, in the end, of course, but, so I have his ear more than they do. So, of right. course, I would be like, bro, you got to do this Step thing. And yeah. So I was able to help a lot. But, it, you know, he in the end, he makes his decisions. And you also know a lot of showrunners, things happen, as you guys know. All of a sudden, one of their friends is available. And they'd be tough, like, and you tough. spent all this time grooming somebody to be ready, talking to the reps and all that. And then, yeah. boom, he's like, I'm bringing such and such. I need them. I had them on the show last week. Whatever the uh, fuck. You know what I mean? So that stuff happens all the time, too. It does. But they stay on your list. Yep. You know what I mean? Sure. Yep. Um, I, there's an appalling lack of imagination. Right. 
I'm nobody is going to be friends with me. No ex- executives are going to hate me. You know, tell the it's, truth. <laughs> and it's not everybody. There's some fabulous executives. Mm-hmm. There's some people that really care. Right. That for them, it really is a collaboration. Um, 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 uh, just forgot her name, but she's amazing. She's okay. at Warner Brothers. Uh, that's embarrassing. It's okay. Um, you know a lot of people, girl. Don't I worry know about a lot it. Of people. <laughs> but some are wonderful. And what I always wanted was to do a class on how you give notes. Mm-hmm. And the problem is most executives don't feel like they need that right. class. But if I could figure out how to get the bosses to say, yeah, I'm going to send my younger executive. My John and Craig executive. do that where they go to networks and they talk to them about how they give great, writers great. notes. Okay, so it's been done. Yeah, well, they've, I mean, they've done their version. Yeah. You know, maybe you have a simpler version that you understand how to talk to them either. Yeah. So maybe. If they were coming from the writer's point of view of right. here's the best way to talk to us. Right. So right. maybe there's a I've been you and here's the best way for us to talk to them. Right. Version. I love that. I want 10%. You got it. Um, <laughs> you got it. Exactly. exactly. By the way, where, where are you from? Uh, Los Angeles. Are oh, you from here? I'm totally from here. Really? Do you know here? Do you know the areas and stuff? Of course. Okay. Do you know... Pico and La Cienega. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up. Really? Well, not right on that corner, but near there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're not too far from me because I live over by the Grove. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's it's not far at all. Mm-hmm. Stearns Drive. Don't know if you know that. Yes. That's where I grew up. Okay. 1741 Stearns Drive. <laughs> and oh. they've turned it into a party house. Really? I walked by there and went, oh my God. Oh my. <laughs> Somebody would roll over. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What do you mean by a party house? You mean it's like you rent it for a night? Okay. And it, oh. it's like jacuzzis really? and terrible art on the wall. And <laughs> oh my God. Do they tear it down and redo it or is it the same house? It's that they the just... same house. It's oh, okay. the same. Oh no. They, they, who cares about this? Really? But we're, um, come, we're called the rent room. Girl. Okay, the rent room. Uh, so they they kept the bones, and then they added stuff, and they had a backyard that we didn't have, and <laughs> it cost like a thousand dollars a night. Wow. Yeah, it's it's real, and and I'm sure the neighbors are so pleased to have <laughs> They're a happy. party. House They're right super next happy. Door. <laughs> exactly. No, was, you know what? This reminds me about you know. I guess told them I like um, I was in Italy last month. And I kind of loved how mm-hmm. you see these buildings and these houses that are like, you know, three, four, five, six hundred years old. Yeah. And I was just thinking about how, you know, there was this talk right before I left that they were going to tear down um, Marilyn Monroe's, or the last house she lived in, like in oh, Brentwood, yeah. right? And I was like, why do it, we do this? Why do we tear down it was on million dollar list these, these, yeah. these, really? like, these yeah. houses? Because the thing about her house is it's like, it was odd. I remember it being it's odd. odd. But it's like, this is the thing. It's like, so, you know, if I'm Florence, I'm not going to, you know, so there's going to be the house of Michelangelo. I'm right. not, not going to tear no. it down. No, Because no. it means something to the city, right? right? But in Los Angeles, because it's, it's Hollywood, the house of Marilyn Monroe means something to the city. There's other houses Should. that you might Should. burn down, you know? But it's like, so it's kind of weird that, that it's like there's that, there's that lack of like... Again, the institutional knowledge. Like, right. what does that mean? Because people would come to see that house. You know, if you knew yeah. where it was, yeah. you but, know, like. What, but she lived in the room. This, this is a house that I'm thinking about. She lived in, like, the room where, like, off the pool. So she wasn't, like, 
It was part of the house, but it was like over there a little bit. Was it her house? No, it was it was somebody else's house. Oh, when she was starting out, she could have bought maybe, her own. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're talking about no, something no, different. No, no, no. But this, this was no, on. It's the house the she lived in when they when when they found her dead. Is that is okay. that house? You oh, know, okay. forgive me, forgive me. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's it's. I mean, you know, I mean, if you're into that kind of weird stuff, like I remember, I remember, um, uh, Beverly Glenn. You know, I remember one time I was uh driving down there one time and then I happened to watch this documentary on that movie called Rain Tree County yeah. and they were saying that that Liz Taylor and, and, and um, Richard Burton uh, no um, uh, Montgomery Clifford coming yeah. home from a party on Montgomery on, on Beverly Glen when he wrecked the car and wrecked his face and they kind of oh, mentioned wow. where the street was like at the corner of here and here and I was like mm -hmm. oh I just like drove by there one time I was like oh that's where the wreck happened oh, that's, yeah. where, that, that's where he like went off you know so it's just kind of interesting if you're into what you know like like that's what Hollywood's about and if and if you are you are but if you're not you're, I don't know just something we mentioned they tore down and expanded your stuff it just made me think about that yeah yeah you know we once did a my husband okay I'm gonna out him um, he him. watches ghost adventures okay he watches son of ghost adventures he watches <laughs> ghost adventures england he, okay so for his for father's day i got him the haunted tour of really Hollywood. and it's kind of cool See? did you go cool. with him of course oh, and my daughter it. of oh, course awesome. yeah, of yeah. course it, it, it was fun all right it was fun all right i'm yeah. not the biggest fan of ghosts and paranormal stuff but I'm a huge horror guy. I like I like vampires, werewolves, yeah. zombies. I like practical type of stuff. Yep. You mess with that real stuff because it's real. That's why I don't fuck with ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> but that stuff freaks me out. But it definitely scares me. Yeah. De it definitely. Matter of fact, this new project I'm doing now has a little bit of that in there. But it's based off a book, so it has to be in there. Yeah. But um. I'll, every time I get to that part, I'm excited to write it because I like to write the, the thriller and the, the eeriness of it all. Yeah, yeah. But I know that people are going to be like, oh, shit. You know, like when you're sleeping, you're, the covers start coming ooh, down. That, ooh. It's in there, but that stuff freaks me out, though, of when I get to it. You mean it you freaks know. you out and you're writing it? Yes. Still? Wow. Yes. yes. Speaking of vampires, I just hired a woman mm -hmm. to help me declutter my office. Okay. And... I came across the pilot script for True Blood. Really? Oh, and okay. Murphy Brown. Boy, I haven't seen that in forever. I know. Anyways, that was a left turn. Sorry True about that. True Blood, they used to be here on the lot when I first came they here. They used to shoot it here. They used to shoot it here. Yeah, and then they yeah. went to Santa Clarita or something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what's his name who wrote it? Um, Ball. Alan Ball. Ball. Yeah, his, his office is right down there. Wow. Like and Six Feet Under. We just started rewatching <laughs> Six Feet Under. One of the best shows. Love Six Feet Under. By far. Yeah. Like like that's that early HBO that people don't talk about that much. It's yeah. like the, the way pre Game of Thrones was it pre Sopranos? I don't know if it was pre Sopranos. No, no, no. It was post Sopranos. <clears throat> post Sopranos, yeah. But it was amazing. Amazing, yeah, amazing. Um, what I want to say because you mentioned staffing the shows with Ben, it reminded me. I wanted to ask you about the showrunner training program. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's so I know you, you know. So it's founded by Jeff. And you come in, and then you're the director. So let's talk about what you have on the curriculum. Sure, and it's probably changed over the years. I'm a sure. little bit. Okay. We've refined. I mean, the basic bones are the same, but we, okay. So after every session, I have people fill out an evaluation form, and after the program, they have to fill out an okay. evaluation form. What'd you get from it? What speakers did you like? What weren't so great? What would you like to see different? So we. We fashion it on that. We hone it based on, on that kind of feedback. Okay. So there's six classes. 
The first um, session is going from writer to manager, and Jeff and Ben do that one. Right. Um, and did Ben? Did Jeff talk about this? No, no, okay. we didn't. Get, no, we no. didn't go deep no, into no, it. No, okay, no. so um, how, how can you be the person? You you are the person who, when they pick up a show, mm-hmm. they're handing you sixty, eighty million dollars and saying, um, "Don't y'all want sixty, eighty million dollars?" You do, you do, and hire 200 people and get us episodes. And if you've never done that, they're not going to give you that money. It's like an example I use is, um, you need open heart surgery? You know, I've never done open heart surgery, Mm -hmm. but I've seen it on television a lot. (laughs) Can I do yours? Um, Okay, so going from writer to manager. John Wells comes in on the first day, and it's a business is what he does. Um, and then we have a panel that's an OG panel. Mm-hmm. It's it's Sean Ryan. It's the fabulous Yvette Lee Bowser. It's Enkechi Carroll. Uh, it's um, it. who else do we have on that panel? Julie Plack. Okay. So uh, and then the next day is managing writers and the writers' room and the writing process, okay. hiring writers, firing writers. How do you make it a safe? non-toxic environment Mm -hmm. and we have panels and what we do is we do breakout sessions so there's the panels and then after we there's a moderator that does Q&A sometimes it's me sometimes it's Jeff sometimes it's Yvette sometimes it's Ben Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, we break them we break the class into small groups and the right and the, the speakers come and spend 20 minutes in each group so they okay. can ask them more personal questions more in, in a more intimate environment right. week three managing production and relationships with directors and um, Paris Barclay the best my mentor he's your mentor his husband is my best friend <laughs> he's your best friend my best friend since I was 17 years old he's the best mm-hmm. He comes in, he does a PowerPoint that he changes each time. I believe it. That's, that I'm in love like with Paris. him. Yeah. Okay, just mm-hmm. don't tell him. Don't tell his husband. He was the best man in my wedding. I was the best man at theirs. Really? Yeah, yeah he's, send him love because mm-hmm. he's amazing. Love him. So, um, and we have a line producer comment because people don't know what a line is producer is. Is it Craig? It is Craig. Okay. Love Craig. Craig is amazing. Yeah. Um, he was on our, our Alex Cross show with Ben. Yes. Yeah, we brought him in to do that. Yes, yeah. he's the best. Mm-hmm. We just have the best. Week four is managing relationships with executives and actors. Week five is... Who, who does that? Um, we bring in executives. Oh, just, just a bunch of... Okay, got it. Executives, yeah. <clears throat> and, and I choose... Because I choose the, the speakers primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't be assholes. <laughs> they can't be toxic. Right. And um, they have to love writers. I mean, th- this is a cross... I bring in about 35 to 40 speakers over wow. six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the executives are people who actually love writers. Somebody said, why don't you get an executive that hates writers? And I said, no, nobody's going to admit to it. First of all. <laughs> so, and then they talk and then they break into small groups. Right. Okay. Week five is where Jeff just uh, shines on post-production. He's- all day is post production. Killer on that. We, we talked a lot about post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Week six is managing your career. Okay. And so I bring in alumni who, within the past year, have run their own shows. And it's, you know, tales from the trenches mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't. People are extremely honest and they're vulnerable right. because there's a cone of silence. We right. don't record it, we don't videotape it. 
And then we have, we've had um, Alan Ball come and speak. Wow. But that was 100 years ago. <laughs> um, we had, uh, um, 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 God, the CW Maven. Who is that? Oh, uh, uh, it's not Julie? Not Julie. It's the guy who has an empire. Oh, um, uh, oh Berlanti. Uh, Greg Berlanti. Berlanti. Yeah. It's Greg Berlanti. Yeah. I was thinking, Chris. Greg Berlanti came and talked about what is it like to have multiple shows. He's perfect. Him or Ryan or Shonda or somebody. Exactly. <laughs> Taylor, any of those. Exactly. Really. I don't know about that. I know, not Taylor now. I don't know not about Taylor Ryan now. either. Ryan. Uh, Ryan's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you want somebody who loves writers, yeah, you know, and treats them well. So, okay, so it's interesting. See, this is it's interesting you said that someone said, "Well, so now why don't you bring in an executive who hates writers?" So, I, but some this is it, it's, <clears throat> I I understand why you wouldn't do that for the class, but it's a question that I feel like: How do you navigate those executives who are like that, who don't? Do you mean? In for the writers in real life, yes. Or, okay, yeah. So you let them feel like they're heard, and um, there's two parts of it. And I always say with my clients, with everybody else, if the note resonates, take it. If it doesn't, don't. Yeah. Except when you have to, because they're not going to pick up your show if you don't. Right. What your recourse is, if you have the courage, is to say, you know what. I'm not the I'm not the person for you because this is the show you bought, right. and that's a problem. Sure. Because I think it's like dating. If I tell you he's tall, um, he's really handsome and so smart, <laughs> and you have a picture in your mind of who that is, right. and then you meet the person and they're nothing like it. So your job as a writer is to paint a really intricate and and Vivid. comprehensive mm-hmm. image so they know what they're buying. Right. And then when they say, uh, what did you say? Like, you lose that part in, you know, at the end. You can say, you know what? Really looked at that. And you really do have to look. If you treat them with respect, mm-hmm. they might still be assholes. But if you say, we really looked at it. And this is what we can change. And this makes everything unravel. I think they can hear you. Right. I think they can I think, hear you. I think there's a piggybacking off of what both of you guys are saying. Like, because I had to deal with the networks and studios, so I would do things like they'd send us their notes, and I'd be like, "Hmm, let me dissect these." Right? And they, if you get a really good exec, and I'm sure you were one of them, they would be like, "Here are our main headlines to consider," and then they're like, "Here's some other things we're just on the fence about, but you could take it or leave." So some people even do that. I love that. And and some people are like, you got to do this, right? We yeah. hate, somebody will say, we hate this thing, right? See, that's tricky so, because... But, okay, but let me just finish my thoughts. Yeah. So you will dissect it. We'll talk and I'll be like, okay, how can we fix this? So that when we go back to them, we're able to go, version of what you're saying. Right. This headline, you don't like how the character does such and such, right? Because of whatever the reason is. What if we did this or... We're probably not going to change that, and here's why. Yes. But let me tell you how we're going to fix that. That's going to fix that moment. Yes. Right? So we're constantly talking to them in a really cool way that invites them in, that lets them know we heard their note. That's, That's the key. That's what they have to And do. they don't always need their note to be answered. They just right. need to know that, you, that they were heard right. and that it made sense to them and, you were, and that you are able to... Um, uh, I'm losing all my thoughts. But that you're able to come through with at least a better version Right. Of what they were thinking of, or sometimes they just didn't understand it, right? 
Right. And you just need to better, better explain it. Right. You know what I mean? And often they don't remember those small notes. Yeah. So they won't know what. That's but true. if you um, put in something, if it's a lateral note, take it. Right. It doesn't matter. And it makes you look like a team player. Right. Um, I remember when I first started, I said, one of my notes was, I don't think she should be wearing a red dress. That should be wearing. And my boss pulled me aside and said, Carol, that is That's so hilarious. unimportant. We're looking at the headlines. Exactly. So I got schooled. Well, you know, it's weird because, you know, I could write, hey, I want this woman to have a red dress when I'm, you know, in the script and everything's yeah. like that. Right. And then we cast an actress that, that, <laughs> that she doesn't look that good in red. Right. So, it so we yeah. got to put her in a blue dress now mm-hmm. or right. a green dress. Right. So there's all these there's all, there's all these other kind of considerations and permutations and pivots you got to do once you get farther down the line. Yeah. Yep. Like I never forget we were trying to do this thing of Star Trek where Patrick Stewart did not want to wear this leather jacket we got. <laughs> oh my him. god. Cuz he looked too much like the old uniform and the, oh, co- yeah. the colors, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to wear it. Um but then somebody saw it in the in the in the dressing whatever the costume room and mm-hmm. and, and they were like I want to wear one of those or something like that for and then one of the other actors. So, yes, yeah, so, oh, okay. yeah. So yeah. so we made one for her mm-hmm. to wear, and then he saw it and he's like, "Where's mine? Where's mine?" <laughs> <laughs> we're like, "But you said you didn't want. What are you talking about?" That's funny. So it's just yeah, you never. There's all these things you don't. It's, it, that user writer, you, it, it's just, you don't know what's, what's going to happen later. Like you said, like, like be flexible, be the team player because there's so much stuff that. Uh, that you you know because and and ultimately I think what you what you want to say to yourself is is this a battle that I want to fight exactly because if I fight for this now you're there losing could be, there could be something else that I really need to fight for later and now yeah. I've already burned that currency mm-hmm. you know Mike so. sure said you start with a hundred dollars how do you want to spend it are mm. you if you spend fifty right at the top you only have fifty left mm. that's the yeah. Choose the hill you want to die on. Right. Um, and, but but what I say also is be flexible, be a team player, but know when the line is that you don't cross. Yeah. It's not the show you wanted right. anymore. It's not the show I want to do right. anymore. I think one of the things that people forget is you're getting notes from execs sometimes while you're in the room still, and you know this. Uh. And they don't realize we're still working on things that are going to blow up something else or mess up. Yep. And so... We give them, here's our, what we're going to do. And they're like, oh, we don't like this. We're like, you guys are killing the whole thing of what we're trying to do ahead. So they're only like stuck in the moment of that episode and not always figuring out what it is we're doing. Right. Because, you know, the room is for us and it's not necessarily for the execs. So a lot of times they're not involved in exactly what's happened. They might hear the whole pitch out, but even that may change. Roadmap Writers is best known for connecting emerging writers with literary representation through personal and strategic marketing plans developed with the writer. Check them out, y'all, at RoadmapWriters.com and see all the cool stuff they have going on there. Be sure to follow them on the socials and make sure you use the code RANTROOM23, all caps, y'all, for 10% off on everything. Links in the show notes. Ever wonder how to bottle up pure excitement, unbridled joy, 
and limitless potential in a single word. Woohoo! Woohoo Apparel is on a mission to unleash the infectious energy of woohoo onto the world. And they're doing it with undeniable style. I'm talking cool, fun designs made of soft-combed, ring-spun USA Premium cotton and 50% polyester and in sizes from small to extra large to fit all woohoo enthusiasts across the globe. Get your t-shirts and apparel at woohooapparel.com and use the promo code WOOHOOSRR. That's capital W-O-O-H-O-O, lowercase S-R-R. Links in the show notes. So we brought in. Um, oh, wait, wait. I, oh, go ahead. I, I just I got one more question about the the Shimmer training program. Yeah. So, because I'm just just because I'm curious because there's so many people I I know ask me, um, how do you get in? How do you get in? How do yeah. you get in? I'm like, well, you can't get in unless you sort of show. But it's not entirely true. Do you want to know what the eligibility? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. That. That's that's okay. what I was asked. Um, a senior level writer producer on a current show, so it's like supervising producer and above. Mm-hmm and or somebody that has a pilot, pilot script, pilot or series at a network, a cable channel, currently network, Mm -hmm. cable channel or streamer. Like if you're at a studio that end that's been commenced. Okay. Because there's the deals, they take a year now. For sure. And part of the, part of what we're looking for is who needs this most immediately it's not the only criteria but it's one of them it's one of the one of the things that i hear a lot from a lot of my friends who are coming up is and i'm sure you've heard it too but i I know that there is a certain budget you guys have for the program Mm -hmm. it's not is that you only do it once a year we are are you moving it give me some girl you heard Um, it here first you heard it here first and this was amy anniope's idea good yeah we've been talking about it for a while yeah Yeah, it's a what we're doing off cycle because oh, some okay. people they can't get into the for whatever reason they didn't take the six right. week course and their show got picked up four months later or right. three months later so we have a one day mini intensive that's going to start in 2020 is it different from the one you did last year you guys did that one day thing for people who didn't get that's in? different okay this okay. is like the mini program okay got it's it. a six hour day oh, seven nice. hour day All right. it's like and amy said it's like if you want to be a director the dga they makes do. you do a one day maybe it's a weekend maybe it's one day intensive right. before you step on the set so you don't embarrass them that's good this is to empower people so it's it's really only open to people who have shows that are about to pick up being okay. picked up or or have been picked up okay and eventually, we're going to do it two more times a year. But but we're going to get... This is a beta test for 2024. Okay. So excited about it. That's good. I like that. It's like virtual. That. It's virtual. Right. Because it's so expensive to, um, to oh, have sure. a place and a venue. And this way, we can get more speakers mm-hmm. because they don't have to show up. You got to feed people. You got to park. That's gotta, right. It's a lot. That's right. The logistics, get, yeah. they get a little crazy. So um, hopefully, we will help those people. Okay. That's good to hear. And Amy's going to be part of that one? Amy, it was Amy's initial idea, mm-hmm. proposal. And then we have a group of alumni. And we talk about it. And we hone it. And then I'm going to bring together a smaller group of people. And we're going to get the curriculum down exactly. Nice. And then, um, I, and then I'm going to get the speakers for it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put it on probably late summer. That's dope. 
Yeah. I like it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Very good. Nobody can say nothing no more. That's what's up. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, were you going to say, did you have another no, thing? No, okay. No, no. So, um, um, we are now sponsored by Roadmap Writers. Shout out to y'all. Thank you. Thank you. So, they invited um, these two lovely writers, uh, Laurel and Laura and Abigail. Thank you guys for coming. Yeah, thank you for having it's us. It's a side mic. So talking to the side. Thank you for having us. There you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the infamous, I call it that because I can. Um, <laughs> you know my past. Exactly. exactly. I was there, girl. I was there. Um, <laughs> we have Carol on the show. Any questions you guys have for her while yes, she's here? I have a question. To say I, your name so people. Oh, know. yes. I'm Laura. I'm the one who's talking, not to be confused with my <laughs> writing partner, Abigail. Um, are you a writing team? Yes, we are. Oh, We've known cool. each other since we were in high school, moved cool. out here together. Cool. Yes. Um, so, yes, I want to know for emerging writers who want to become showrunners, it can seem like such a nebulous process going from down here to managing so many a writer's room and everything and talking mm-hmm. with execs what advice do you have for you know emerging writers who are just trying to sell a script to eventually make it up to showrunner status right. what i suggest is that if you're ever on a set talk to every department and ask them what they do take take the line producer out for lunch no no line producer has ever been taken out for lunch Sparks. by a writer and say, I really want to know your job. I want to know how to do that. I want to know what you need from a writer. And start putting together a list of your favorite writers, your favorite directors, your favorite producers, so that when your moment comes, you're prepared. And you can do your job better if you know what every department does yeah. and what they need from you as a showrunner. Yeah. Can I add to that? Yeah. I would also say, and I've been saying this for years, especially now we're in this time, I think, it's just my opinion, I think we're all in L.A., we all have friends who are making short films and proofs of concepts and documentaries yes, and all. I know where you're going. You guys got to get on the set. Yeah, absolutely. Even though they're, they're smaller sets, it still is a set that you're going to learn some information but, and you're going to get more comfortable and you're going to see what the departments are and you still, we still have trucks load in, there's still actors in departments, you know what I mean? You, you're going to still see the same thing. The only difference with network, and I say this all the time, you have more money. There's more people, and the turnaround's faster. Those are the three big headlines. I'm telling you, great everything advice. else is the same. Go well, ahead. the thing about that, I just want to say the thing about that is, is that the amount of prep time and like how you prepare to do a short film is the same as if you're going to do a feature. You just it's longer, you know. So you so uh, it's just, I mean you've got to do all the scouting, you got to get the script, you got to do the budget, you got to do casting, you do you do all the stuff that you would do in a feature film or on a TV series. You have to do it all. It's just shorter. It could be a weekend or it could be over two weekends, and um, and the one thing you'll see the there's there's two things you'll see that that most writers don't know if they've not produced produce anything is um, what works. Yeah. That you write that 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 then has to translate to right, people right. trying to bring to life the filmmaker or the director and the actors like what do they do to make that to make that happen and you go oh I don't need to write as much or I need to write more or there's there's like you'll see like what it change how you write and then secondly like you'll see like well production has its own issues that that mm-hmm. that destroy uh, not on destroy, every but, set but not just every like, set and every set like whatever it is like production is going to change what you do in a way that you cannot conceive until you start doing it like for instance you go hey 
I remember like, just like last year on the on the Equalizer doing this episode, and I and there was things that you know we did that we scouted and that could have worked, and it was all great. But we, you scout over multiple days, and they got to another day, and they were like, "Oh, you know, it's really cool." There's a location that's across the street from this other location that we want that th- that could work. So you don't have to load. So we don't have to load, and we can just change the blah. And if we do that, can you? It's going to save everybody time. Mm-hmm. So then go back and rewrite your script to base because the loca- so now the location mm-hmm. is different. That scene, like this, some of the blocking stuff had to be different. But it's like okay, that's where we get, that, like like that's what we had to do because it was saving them time and it was saving everybody money. And you know you get these kind of constraints like they're like, hey, it's, it's, the show shoots eight days, and the, and and they'll say to you, so it's five days in and, and, and three days, days outside yeah. something like that and that's not something that you know when you're writing the script there's, you know you, you should know your showrunner yeah, should you be should know that, telling, yeah, you, telling that. you that yeah <clears throat> but, but, but that stuff all changes you know and then you can kind of like save stuff or, or, or stuff you can shoot on a stage like a mine we shot there was a scene the climax happened down at the shipyard the, the shipping yard shipping <clears> crates <throat> in, in New York and we were like but, but, but there's got to be a day inside for the production and because we were shooting inside of a shipping container we just built that on the stage <laughs> so nice. we were shooting there for the day and it just it just saved us so it's yeah. all these things that you that you pick up about how this the it's the it's the movie magic where they yeah. trick you like hey we're inside here you fall outside exactly. really this so is, yeah there's just stuff like that you that you that this, you want to learn this is what i want to add to that is it also teaches you why so you were saying how but it teaches you why, which I think is just as important. So there's the why to it of why it needs to shoot there or there, right? There's a why to it of why you don't want it to be taking place at night as much. Right. Right? There's a why to it of why you got to check the weather, right? There's like so many different things where you're like, oh, it's raining and it's blah, 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 blah. And you're just writing because it sounds amazing. When you start producing, you go, hmm, how much is this going to cost? Right? You just start thinking differently. It doesn't mean you can't write a cool shot with with weather but you have to use the weather in cool ways when it counts if you think about it like that Craig Seabells does uh, an hour and a half presentation on producing oh um, Craig's amazing and what he said is um, that you should write what you want to write and then the line producer is going to say it can't be done it can't be done (laughs) and then you go back in and see what you absolutely have to have and what you don't absolutely have to have and you may have to rewrite for production of right. course but don't have in your head I want to save money when you write the script right. just write your fabulous script Completely. and then let somebody tell you you can't yeah. do it let them pull you back later they'll be like oh this is a 10 million dollar movie and you come back and write a five right. <laughs> later but go ahead Abigail what you got yes I have a question about the show no program you good okay mm-hmm. <laughs> so Obviously, as writers, I feel like the best of us are the ones who always have a growth mindset and are continually learning about the industry. Yes. So what do you find is the biggest learning curve for a writer going through that showrunner program? What's what a like great the big question. Leap? Yeah. Becoming decisive mm. and being a good manager. Um, they're so used to just writing on their own, and it, Jeff calls it a schmuck with a laptop, <laughs> you know, in your own little room. And... It is how you manage people. And being decisive and really delegating is huge. So many people, somebody said this, I have no idea who, but they said, you know, all of your insecurities, all of your neuroses are going to rise to the top when you're a showrunner. Mm -hmm. 
And it's getting past that and being able to say, okay, that person is better than I am at that. Let them do it. Let Mm -hmm. go. Let go. I mean, don't let go of (laughs) management and responsibility, but let people who are good at their jobs, give them jobs to do so you're not doing them all and so you don't die. Yeah, I always say a a really good showrunner has to be an amazing anticipator. Yes. You have to be anticipating things before they happen. Yes. So Chris knows he's been on many sets with me. I'm constantly watching what's happening. You know, and I'm always like the most calmest person on the set. Awesome. And people are always like, God, you're so calm. I'm like, because I know something's coming. <laughs> and when it does, I want to do it. I want to fix it before I tell Chris what happened three weeks later. Like, Chris, you won't believe what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Something's always coming. Exactly. Something's, something's coming. always coming. And it's like the, the trick is, and because I've directed a lot of stuff, is that you don't focus on it. You yeah. just focus on what I got to do right now. I got to get this done. And then you might not know that, hey, you know, like that crane you wanted? We're not going to get that crane. Yeah. You know, you, but you, know, you don't know until it's supposed to be flown in. Lunch. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, I, you don't have time for that. So exactly. you have to kind of like, but I think that it's it's helpful with every aspect of the of the showrunning thing is that you, something is happening that it's schedule. You gotta. These actors can't come in. They're coming in back to back when they're jumping from shoulders. There's all sorts of wild stuff. They won't come out of their trailer. That you know. There's. A, I mean, and and sometimes it's like a clothing thing is why they won't they won't it's come true. out of the trailer. Yeah, right. I don't like the way this makes me feel. Yeah. And the thing is, they don't know how to articulate that sometimes. So you go, hey, what's wrong? Do you like do you like the clothes? You you know, this, there's all the stuff you gotta do. You know, there's this this, this trick that I used to do. When I was on Star Trek and I was producing the episodes that I did, I would go into the makeup trailer early and say, hey, you know what we're doing today? Just want to talk. Got, got any questions about anything? I just want to know, you know, is this something that you understand? They're like, oh, and they, would, they, have all these, they, they have all these ideas. Well, I don't understand. What are we doing? Is it, are we going to do all this? So, we, like, you know, there's the they have to learn so much material, like, like the lines, that they're not really getting the whole thing too, you right. know, because they can't. And that's something you could do to kind of like um, uh, people management to, to, to right. assuage their fears. I, I love that because that is the beating heart of a mm-hmm. set is hair and makeup. And if you're willing to go in, I mean, they sometimes have to be there at four in the morning if you True. have an early start. But when you get there, you should pop in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and show your face. Yes. And... Um, the, you know, going back to you should shoot a film or you should be on a set. As you watch, think, what would I do? And that's a way that you can start to prepare. Um, and, and I'll just add to that. And don't just go to watch. Go to help. Yes, yes. So I always tell people, you see people striking the sets. Learn how to take down that C-stand. <laughs> you know what I mean? See what's going on, and you'll be like, you'll be a part of it. They'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. Abigail's really helpful. Like, yep. can you come tomorrow? That's what they start doing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you can go to UCLA or USC where there's All student filmmakers and say, I want to help on your shoot. What are they going to say? No. They're going to say yes. They're going to say yes. I mean. And the first thing they're going to say is, do you have a car? Yeah. <laughs> You know where I'm going. <laughs> exactly. We might run. need you to do some runs. <laughs> like, That's right. That's exactly. exactly right. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, I have one more. Please, do go you ahead. Have any? Go ahead. Okay. 
Um, they're such cute little writing no, teams, aren't they? No, huh? I can't say that. You can't say cute? Cute little, no. He, he says that about me, too. Okay. Oh, really? I didn't know. I never. Nobody's I, okay, ever we were doing at my CBS, when it was CBS, we were doing the group picture, mm-hmm. and I turned to them and I said, you look fabulous. They said, you can't say that. You can't say fabulous? You can't say anything about anything anymore. You can't say oh anything about how people I'll take look. anything. I'll take fabulous. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> Agreed. You can't say anything about anything. Okay. Okay. No compliments. I, got, I apologize to those people I offended. Okay. <laughs> You're good on, on this end, so... Um, yeah, so I know that you also do like career mentorship and coaching and things like that. So I'm just generally curious about what advice you give to writers um, in becoming kind of your own salesperson. In yes. A way. Oh, you're really Thank good at this. You. Really Thank good at this. you. And yeah. marketing. She's yes. a ringer because mm-hmm. that is the an- that's why I want to answer. Yeah. Um, for me, when I work with people, I have what I call your personal PR strategy. It's your brand and it's how you sell yourself because this business is about selling right. without being smarmy or salesperson-y. <laughs> so I think it's made up of three things. One is your personal log line. It's about 30 or 40 seconds long and it answers the question, what do you do? And in Hollywood, everybody asks you, what do you do? But what they really mean is, what can you do for them? But you still need to be able to answer that question. And I have worksheets for people um, in my workshops and with my clients. Then the next thing is your personal nuggets. And I stole the term from Glenn Mazzara, mm-hmm. who is a showrunner on The oh, Walking well, Dead. Love, Glenn. Um, it's the anecdotes from your life. It's the stories. It's what makes you different. Because here's the thing. Uh, as an executive, I would meet with three, four people a day, three, four writers. That could be five days a week. You want to be the one we remember at the end of the week. So there's your nuggets, your personal nuggets, and then what I call your personal log line, which answers the ubiquitous question, so tell me about yourself. And what that is, is you weave in the um, the personal log line with your nuggets, and it's a chronological narrative of your life with you as the protagonist. It highlights your successes, it highlights what makes you colorful and different, and the narrative drive is where you started, what you had to overcome to get to where you are, where you are and where you wanna go. And it's about a minute and a half to two minutes, don't keep talking. Thanks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you know what's interesting about that is, um, because you pivoted yours a couple of years ago. I totally pivoted was, mine. Really I totally pivoted mine. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, I used to write with a partner, and it was it was harder to figure out um, how to say what is the, you know because we were so different. So you had to figure out how to do that. But when I you know was started writing solo, and I was like, okay, how do I say what I want to say? And then there's always the question. So tell me about yourself, and that's like this weird question that you think like what is, like what does that mean, and and how do I say, and, and how far back do I start, and blah, blah blah. And I this so like the thing I began to say is, well, so when I was a junior in high school, I got recruited by the CIA. Yes, and I just, you like, will not forget that, and you won't forget you that. You will not forget right. that. right. You know, and they're like, whoa, and they're like, well, how does it happen? I mean, that's the look on their face mm-hmm. is like. And then that gives me, I pause and it allows me to go into this other stuff, you know? But it's yep. that. That's a nugget. There's that, that hit line that all, all of a sudden will stop people. Yeah. But it was like this woman had told me that. Like I had, I had, uh, I met with her. She read a script of mine and she was like, I have to meet you. I was like, why? She's like, you, she was like, you're screwed. She was like, I can't believe you've never been on staff before. 
And I was like, I hadn't. And she was like, and your script is like better than like with the the, the co-EPs write on my show. And I was like, okay, what? What does that mean? And she was like, so let's just figure out a game and figure out like so so let's let's do like like a mock showrunner meeting and a mock uh, general like a general. And we were going through it, and then she was like, okay, and like. I wasn't saying this is what they say. I wasn't saying all this stuff like this. I was telling other stuff. And then she was like, okay, but in your script, you talked about this. How did you know about this? And I mentioned things. She was like, that has to start your thing. Exactly. Yeah. That has to start. Because this was like 10 minutes in the conversation. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's going to be in the 30 seconds, and then they'll always remember yeah. you. You know? Um, so you have to, like, figure these things out. And you got to, like, bench test them. Like, you got to, like, yeah. t- test them to people that you know and friends and just practice it. Because the thing I still do now is, like, like even before I get on, a, like, a Zoom call, I sleep, I look in the mirror and I just practice the, like, okay, I got to say this. I got to say this. I got to say this. Yeah. So it comes Great. across. E- so it's easy Feels and natural. natural by the time you do it. You know? Let me just add this one little piece to that. And please keep your thought. Yeah. I was going to say, um, the, other, the other part of that is... You got to figure out um, when you getting to the point of how do I tell my story? I love what you said. How do I tell my story? But you get a sense of the type of writer that I am at the same time. So I always talk about how I grew up, you know, in the hood and I'm this like former little punk rock kid. But I, I talk about being this little gay boy in this neighborhood, surrounded around gangs and all this stuff like that. And I say, and I'm an underdog. And because of that, I write underdog love stories. It. Love it. Right? Love it. So. Yeah. And then years later, my producing partner and I, we have to write a lot of stuff. She and I, she comes from Broadway. She's been, she was in Thriller, <laughs> like, you know, all this stuff like that. Wow. And we both are former dancers. So when we talk about ourselves together, we both separately do our little spiel. Yeah. And then when we come together, we'll jump on and be like, and as a team, we're called Mental Duet. You want to know why? Because we both are former dancers, right? Mm-hmm. And we go into this thing and we write pin choreography. That's how we say it. I you know what I mean? Smart. Stuff like that. So figure out that mm-hmm. little nugget. I like the nugget. That's yeah. a good one. Here's the thing for teams. Mm-hmm. The thing you want to show is that you really are a team. Facts. And, um, and you need to practice your A story like crazy. You need to know when you come in. You need to know when you come in. It should be. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, written ballet. Mental ballet. Mm-hmm. Mental duet. Mental duet. Excuse me. It's okay. Definitely practice this as much as you as and get feedback the same way you would on a script because it's equally important. Yeah. And how you met is really important. Yeah. And somebody's going to say, so what do you do? What do you do? I do structure. I do dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to be prepared to answer yeah. those questions. Yeah. We always say that for us, it's one brain, two bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I've known you for 10 years, and I met her actually in high school when I was 13. We were cast as conjoined twins for some reason. <laughs> you have to start cute. with that. That's, you start that's our with opening. That. That's cute. Yeah. Like that's that. our nugget. That's so, good. And you yeah. start with it, I hope. Because yeah. we do. they want to know how you met. They always want to know how you yeah. met. Yeah, we do. Well, you, well see, because there's an insidious reason why they want to know about the team. Yes, I know where you're is. going. Because they're trying to find a way to break you up. Oh, no, I didn't think you were going there. They're trying to find a way to say, who do we really need? Chris, you are bad and dark and it's real. It's wow. real life, though. 
because he's been there as a, been there. As a oh you had a tea yeah, yeah, yeah. For and years. they wanted to break you up yeah. is what you felt why I, a, a lot of people a lot, a lot of, of people I, wow I don't know why they would always say what well, do you really need him what do you uh, like can't you do it on your own it's always pull you aside or, or, or hit you wow. I probably did it I probably did it really you know, I probably like, did it no, first I'm, time yeah, hearing no, about I mean yeah. so so that's why I mean it's 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 see it's also it's a little the thing you have to really understand is this is something I learned on Star Trek because um, Terry would say this a lot and I was like man that's really wild is that um, Terry who? Uh, Terry Metalis yeah is that um, he has to like you both right yeah see so it's harder because now it's like I might like the script but I gotta like you both because yep. you both gotta come into the room with me and I remember he was telling me about someone that he should, we wanted to bring on on stuff that and he was like but I like her, but I don't like her husband. And, <laughs> and it was like, well, you can't. And he was like, right. so, he's like so I can't hire them. Yeah. Because he's like, he's like, I love her. And I was like, wow, that's a trick yeah. that you have to kind of like figure out how to combat. They're so, so. likable, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so charming and likable. I think I can say charming. I think I okay. can. And yes, likable. And uh, you seem like you'd be fun to work with because being fun to work with is huge. 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 You know, you take the work seriously, but not yourself seriously. Right. Oh, yes. And that's what we say all the time. We do dark comedy and silly comedy. And we take the work seriously but oh what, god what, what, we don't what type take, of themes do you guys write to uh female friendship i mean we were conjoined twins we are uh -huh. we call ourselves platonic soulmates love it uh, we live together we moved here grew up together oh, wow. um nothing can break us apart wonder so twin powers activate yeah <laughs> exactly. exactly exactly yeah joy that's from cute. roadmap calls us the twins that's cute that's cute well thank y'all i appreciate abigail laura that's what's up that's what's up thank you Interesting. Yeah. That was cute, wasn't it? That was really cute. Really <laughs> cute. And you've got it down, yeah. see? And you, because I've had people come to the, you know, to interviews at the CBS program. They don't really look like their partners. You know mm. what I mean? It's like Convenient. And they're stiff. Or one is doing all the talking and the other isn't. Right. And you want, do I want that person? You know. Right. So. Again, that's what I was saying. They, like, there's this, there's a, it's a, it's a hard, it's, it's a, it's potentially a harder, hill to climb because they're looking at three things looking at you looking at you and looking at you together and that is you know and they're fine and, they, and, they, and if any chink any question suspicious about anything it's easy for them to say no because it's like once the pressure goes on on the the show and you're deep into the season and in the showrunner's back and forth between set and the editing bay in the room and it's he's like he can't or she can't deal and she needs it so simple and it's like if there's any kind of like personal problems because the thing that happens to you it doesn't matter what stage you are and what you're doing if you're in a leadership position filmmaker showrunner whatever it is the hardest thing is managing personalities oh yeah, yeah. so sure. therefore you want to make it easy when you, who you hire like I don't yeah. want anybody where I gotta worry about are they gonna fight are they gonna is, what, am I gonna have to take care of them am I gonna take care of them or, or, or <laughs> is someone gonna I mean like you know it's I've I, you know yeah. so it's I, already hard enough yeah, yeah. You know, on the other really hand, is. you're two for the price of one. There's, there's that. That is another thing that, that we say often. It's a, it's say a bargain. It. Don't be afraid to say it. Yeah. Don't be afraid and you'll to say each it. get health and and uh, health yes, benefits. Yes, thank yeah, God. Thanks for the, no, for the strike, strike. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Well, thank you so much, Carol, well, for coming hanging out with us. What a fun time. Not bad, right? You guys are like amazing. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for having we're, we're trying to get up there with you with the big dog. Oh, up shut there. up. <laughs> shut up. This was just delightful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. Indeed. Where can people find you, follow you? Um, carolkirshner.com is my website. Okay. At Carol Kirsch is my is my handle on Twitter, for, t- formerly Twitter, now X. Um, I'll just say Twitter X, but whatever. Fuck that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and fuck <clears throat> him. And why are people giving him their money to buy his cars? <laughs> exactly, Anyways, that's a rant. Exactly. Um, anyway, so where else? Uh, Carol Kirshner on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Instagram is something I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. If anybody knows how to do that, let me know. It'd, it'd be a good one for you because we you're so good We run Roadmaps Instagram. <laughs> I was? was we, we run ro- oh, Roadmaps run? Instagram. Okay, let's talk. Oh, you Lydia. do? Let's talk. Oh, that's good. Um, what was I going to say? Um, because you should be doing the little videos. Yeah. Like, like even like 45 seconds, like here's how you do this or whatever. Really? Oh, you we so? could have thousands of people watching those. Mm-hmm. He's, and, and you could end it with, and my next class is blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Buy yeah. my book. Do yes. You do, do you do that on TikTok or do you do that on Instagram? Or I'll leave it up I to you. I will also say that our day jobs are in marketing. Oh, <laughs> we, so need well, we need to talk. I run. Yes, I need to talk to y'all Social too. media is my specialty and she's a copywriter. So oh if you need Interesting. anything, TikTok, Instagram, Reels. Okay, we're going to talk, girl. We got um, let me know. I'm going to take you out to lunch. There you go. See? Oh. Boom. Don't forget my 10%. <laughs> That's what's up. Anything? Anywhere else? Anything else? No, I would just about? say, you know, I wish people really good luck. I, I, and I have a whole chapter in my book on rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, take, if you get rejected, and this business is all about rejection, right. feel it, wallow in it, and then move on. Um, We're all gonna. You're all gonna be fired. Everybody, if Ain't you're working, right, you're gonna get fired. You're all gonna be let go. You're all gonna be fired. I don't think you're fired. I mean, what? I don't think. I mean, I don't know if you're gonna get fired. I think you're I gonna think, get I think let everybody's go. gonna be fired. I said or let go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You, you know. And it's how do you persevere? Facts. And I think you just keep your vision and you persevere. Right. Well, you. Know, so you I mean look? I just got let go in the equalizer because of the strike. They cut the budget order. They mm-hmm. cut the order. You know, from eighteen to eight. So and it's he like, was moving up know, to that. He was so, moving to that middle yeah, spot. So, uh. so, so and it was just this thing where I mean, and they tried to keep me on, but they didn't have just a budget thing. And I mean, you know, but the good thing is, the showrunner is a good friend of mine, and he let me know back in April. Joe, right? Yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he was like, "Look, I just got a call from CBS. This was next year, and this is before we know like like what happens with the strike when it owns over." So he was like, "I just I just want you to know, like, be prepared." And I was like, "That's great for me to know." Yeah, because you, you know? could be starting to look and for then jobs, you start for other stuff. You yeah. know, I mean, the, like the whole thing is, you know that you're not going to be on a show for seven, eight seasons anymore. So eventually you're going to get let go. The show's going to get canceled or you want to move on. Right. So it's, you know, for, for whatever reason. And I think that ultimately you just have to say to yourself, you know, like you said before, Carol, you want to be um, <clears throat> fun to work with. Yeah, uh, because that allows you people to want you to be around. It, that that's your reputation, you know. That's what will get you hired. That is. Oh, true. they were like fun to work with. They were like really, you know, because I mean, if you build the right, the right uh, people, the right fans. They'll help you, you know. I mean, yeah, the first they people, will. Yeah, the first people I call when I got go, I, like, I caught up, caught up people from Star Trek. They were like, okay, 
what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and Tara was like, I'll call. Because you were great in the room. We loved you. You know, so, I mean, and they told me that early on. They told me when I left, they were like, I really loved you because you didn't bring any personal shit to the room. Right. You know, like it was right. never a moment for that. You were always there every day. And most people were having like meltdowns about a lot of stuff because <laughs> family and buying homes and all this kind of, all this kind of stuff. And, and, to, and, and uh, you could see it in the room sometimes when their personal life was sort of like, like grabbing at them, yeah. you know? And I was like, I had personal stuff too, but I was like, I don't want them to know about it. I mean, like not that I didn't tell them like outside of the space, but I didn't let it affect the work. Here's the rule. Here's the rule. You remember that commercial, Never Let Them See You Sweat? Yes. That's my life. That's how I live my life. Never let them see you sweat. I... Rich knows. I'm always... I might not be going through some... I always got a smile. Always still there. You have no idea I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? I would piggyback on that. Go ahead. Be somebody exactly fun to work with. Don't see them... Let them see you sweat. And keep writing. It's really easy to get on the show and then say, I don't have the time. But during hiatus, you just... Writers get to make their own success because you can write. You don't need anybody to, to, you know, to be there for you to write. And you need to have new stuff. So when you get let go, your reps go, okay, give me something new. And you go, oh, got it. Well, yeah, you know, I remember I met Glenn Mazzaro like probably 10, 12 years ago. And uh, when I was... You know, it was, it was always you know you hit these roadblocks all the time, and he and he always used to say to me, "You're one script away." Love you, that. You're just one script away. You just have to write that one script that people are going to turn around. It's you know, and and the thing is, is that wait a minute, did your script that you wrote was it a sci-fi script that got you on the sci-fi no, show? No, no, hmm. no, no. It's it's not about that. It's it's, it's you just got to write what people are going to respond to, and it That's could right. be it could be anything. You know, I mean, it was it was, it was literally. Um, yeah, it was just yeah. you know you. Just, I mean, I. The, I mean, you write what you think is going to change people's experience. I mean, because like is this, like the story that's interesting is that that script. I wrote this script, and then Derek Hughes got me a meeting. Oh, over, nice. Like uh, over at um, Universal, right? So 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 these these, these two executives at, like at Universal read it. At the time, I wasn't wrapped. So I was like, those are the only people I know that had read the script. And then like a year later, when I met Terry, and Terry was like, I haven't read your script, but I've heard about it. Ooh. And I was like, how? No one's, re- I was like, no, you, how would you have known that? that? How, like, who would you know this by? And we were talking, and I was like, and then I was, and I tried to figure out how would he have known about my script? And then I kind of did some research, and I was like, oh, when he was on 12 Monkeys, his executive at Universal was that executive that I met with. Yeah. So she must have told him about it. But then it and but then it was like a year, two years later when I met with him. And it's like oh Was it high concept, Chris? No, it wasn't no. high concept. Really? It's a personal story. No. I well, but it was so personal, right? Yeah. And it was unique because it was personal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something unique and personal <clears throat> or high concept really helps. Something that they can remember. Right. You know, in the when they're talking, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean, I like your running so, script away. I'm gonna steal that. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, no, I mean, it's real though. As a member of a friend of ours, um, you know her, Denise. Of course, um, Denise who? Harkavy. Uh, Denise Harkavy. 
Don't know. She was on uh, Franklin and Bash. She mm-hmm. had like this terrible time with Franklin and yeah, Bash. I produced the pilot. It was like her first, really? uh, her first show, and she dealt with a lot of sexual harassment on the show, and she wanted to leave the show, and she was like, I don't know what's going to happen because she didn't leave like in the best terms. She, at a, at a point where she couldn't get the showrunners to give her recommendations, Ugh. and. Um, you know, and at the time, I was talking with Glenn, and, and I, I, I said, you, you want to talk to Can you talk to her? And Glenn was like, yeah. So I, I introduced him, and, and Glenn had said to her, you just need one script to turn it around again. It's like, mm-hmm. like either you've... And she get right. Yeah. She you right. know, look, and, yeah. and if you've broken in, and you had all this stuff, that you've got to be able to, like, turn people's... Um, opinion, opinion mm-hmm. you know and then you know and then she and I were talking one time and I said well you know you have to, you have to understand something um, <laughs> you can't get those people to give you a recommendation and so there's some like I mean I don't want to go into what happened because she told me but um, but I was like but you gotta realize some people there's some people in town who don't like them that's fact. right totally that's and, and the right. people who right. don't like them will probably hire you that's to right. spite them mm-hmm. so there's this kind of there's these, there's these weird things you gotta like figure out the, the this subterfuge this, I, see I am dark see I am <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I would so say something though even if you work for a terrible showrunner because mm-hmm. I had a client that worked for a terrible well known terrible showrunner she would get meetings and people just wanted her to dish really? do not Don't dish do, do not Don't throw do your yeah. bad boss under right. you just say you know I learned a lot on that show. Or it was a little challenge. How was it challenging? You don't need to go into that. It was just a little challenging, exactly. but I learned so much. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Take that note. Anyway, yes. well, thank you again, Carol. Thank you for, for having coming. me. Thank Abigail, you. Laura, and of course, my man, Rich over there. Appreciate yep. y'all. Thank you yep. indeed. Um, where are you at, Chris? Where can people follow you? Uh, unauthorized CBD on Twitter, Instagram, threads. Right. That's it. <laughs> Did you just say, what'd you just say? Threads. threads. Oh, threads, threads. I thought you said, never mind. Well. Uh, <laughs> I, keep, I keep forgetting I'm on threads. That's weird. Um, well, here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm trying to like use and you're threads. Trying to end this show. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use, this is, but I think you might know this. I'm trying to use threads more because I know that Twitter suppresses certain links, stuff yes, like that. So, yes, yes, yes. So you can't get the kind of reach that you want by doing that. So oh, that's why know. I'm on use threads. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk. Um, <laughs> and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, X, or whatever they call it. I feel like I'm too grown of a man to say X. Um, <laughs> at Hilliard Guest, uh, everywhere, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Threads. Um, what's the other one? Snapchat? LinkedIn. You're LinkedIn, everything. everything. Just at Hilliard Guest. You can find me everywhere. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor, whatever you guys listen to, we're all over the world. Please give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Super-duper important. As I see, we got, you know, people over here who know this stuff. I'm all nervous about it now, even mentioning it. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, let me see. What else? What else? What else we got, Chris? Uh, what else we have is that you can support the show at ScreenwritersRR.com, where you can do that. Or if you're on Spotify, then you can support the show directly on Spotify. And on ScreenwritersRR.com, there is a link to our Patreon page, and you can become a supporter there for $2 a month. And we would appreciate that. We would love that. And that would help us out with all sorts of things. That's what's up. <clears throat> also, special, special shout out to Roadmap Writers for sponsoring the show. Thank you guys again. Um, also, Woohoo Apparel. 
for sponsoring the show. Thank you guys. You guys will hear the commercials in the middle of the show for those. Um, everybody joining us for 2023. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2023. Peace, y'all. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rant room. We let that shit up off our chest. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the rant room. Rant room. Rant room.